0: Welcome everyone to the call, um, our weekly conference call where we talk about anything at all that you want to talk about with your internet marketing business. Usually the the topic is going to be focused around how to get more traffic to your website, but anything at all that you want to chat about, we can talk about on these weekly conference calls. So who would like to get us started? Okay, so um, thank you Bill. Bill's having a problem setting up a podcast that's great that you you're going and doing that bill what kind of issue you're having bills uploaded 440 podcasts at one time and have not been able to control the setup All right that's a lot of podcasts yeah so when when i was setting up and i'm when i was setting up my podcast and i i did it through a wordpress plugin and let me see. I'll just go and have a look if I can find that plugin. I use a plugin called Blueberry PowerPress. PowerPress by Blueberry, um, and that plugin you can set it up so that it automatically publishes to iTunes whenever you upload a new audio file. And it's, and it gives you all the settings like it it gives iTunes all the settings like your podcast name and description and so forth. What I noticed was when I installed this plugin, it creates a feed just like you have an RSS feed. It creates a podcast feed uh, coming from from your from your website from your WordPress site, and it had automatically added like five audio files I only wanted it to add one I only had one podcast but it, it somehow maybe just by virtue of installing this plugin it automatically added like five audio files so I had to go through within WordPress I had to go to each of those individual posts go into the the PowerPress settings for that particular post where I had that audio file and untick it so it wasn't added to the feed anymore and I only had that one item in the feed. So Bill, uh, he's, Bill's typed in that he's converted all his videos to podcasts using a program called YouTube to MP3. He did too many at one time. Okay. So the name, yeah, the name, Frank, I'll just type in here the name of the plugin. Blueberry PowerPress. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. PowerPress. One word, PowerPress. Yeah, so it could be, Bill, it could be that you've uploaded too many one time because so your, your issue is then Bill, so you've uploaded 440 podcasts. What is the issue you're having? Are, is iTunes not authorizing your podcast? Have they not accepted it? So you put them on Libsyn, okay, so you've uploaded them there and what have you done after that, Bill? So you've Created these MP3 files, 440 of them. You've uploaded them to Libsyn. Once you've created the the audio files and you've uploaded them to your media hosting, which in your case is Libsyn, you also need to create a podcast feed. Okay, so Bill, saying you you have created a podcast feed, Bill. All right, Bill, can you do me a favour and copy and paste your podcast feed into the chat box? The URL, when you're submitting your podcast to iTunes, it'll ask you what your podcast feed URL is. As soon as you can get that podcast feed URL, if it's during the call, great, paste it in. If it's not, put in a support ticket and I'll have a look at your podcast feed, make sure that it's been set up correctly and we're going to take it from there. It only took, it took me like 24 hours to get my podcast approved by iTunes so anyway we'll have a look look at your feed and see if there's any issues there it might be that you you know you've uploaded way too many like 440 and they're like what it could be maybe not maybe not so I'll have a look at that for you as soon as you're able to send that in so Steve's asked a question here hi John I have a page on my site that has many of my YouTube videos but it is slow to load. I put them on the page by copying the embed code and pasting it into the HTML of the page. But should I use a plugin for this so the page will load quicker? I'm be concerned it may affect the user experience of my site. Thanks. Um, yeah, look, good question, Steve. I I don't think there's going to be any plugins that are going to, uh, I guess, make it so there's less code on your page. If anything, a plugin will most probably create more code, because the YouTube embed code—it's not not a lot of code per video. How many videos do you have on the page? Or if you want, you can even post that the uh, the link to the page, so we can have a look. Okay, Bill's suggesting a plugin called press All right, thanks, Steve. Let me head on over to the page. So you've got a how-to videos page. Yeah, it does take a, a while to load this page. Still, it's still going. All right, and Bill's put a link to his video page. I want to check. I'll check out yours in a moment too, Bill, just to see if the difference in loading them up. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So that does take quite a while to load up, Steve. You could try a plugin maybe and see if that helps. I, I don't. I got a feeling it wouldn't really help if you had a different plugin, but you can certainly try that. My recommendation is to, on, on this videos page, is to have a link to different topics. Have like a a video page where you have a link to, um, let's say, videos about Google products or video uh, like Google keywords, for example. And then you, you have a sub page where you have videos just on that topic. Uh, instead of listing all your videos here, which is taking quite a while to load up, you have a sub page for different topics you can have a a page about Facebook videos about Facebook a page for videos about Twitter a page for videos about WordPress page for videos about Clickbank that might be an idea and uh, let me go to Bill's video page so what Bill's set up here looks really good it displays all the videos like little thumbnails and also the title and the length of the video, how many views it's had. That's really good Bill. I like that. I like that. So that's definitely uh, something you might want to consider using. Tube Press. Okay, looks really good. There's another question being asked, Bill, is that those little thumbnails that you've got of all the videos, that was Tube Press? Yes, it was Tube Press. Okay, great. Appreciate you showing that, Bill. Now, um, Steve's asked a question, can you talk also about setting up niche sites so it's a, it's a site obviously that's specific to a topic you would install on WordPress you would have okay so Steve's saying no not really a blog maybe you're talking about an authority site okay Steve's saying uh, he was thinking more of a site that sells products but yeah we'll also have a blog attached I heard several marketers talking about new sites that you can sell affiliate and physical products from and once set up, take much less maintenance than a blog. And Steve goes on to say, as I understand it, once you have the site set up and have driven traffic to it, it takes very little maintenance. I spoke to one guy in a forum. He said he set one up in three months and shortly after he was making a consistent $100 per day, which lasted five years. All right, so uh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about here, Steve. These kind of sites, well, pretty much any any site that you build, you typically want to build on the WordPress platform. You don't have to, but this is something I would recommend when you're starting building out a niche site. And you want to plan it out from the beginning. So if you, uh, let's say your niche site is about bike, you're selling bike parts. Okay, I just pulled that subject out of thin air, bike parts. You would have specific pages for your site. So a page where people could search bike parts and get a listing of them and order them. You might have another page which listed different bike companies so that people could um, click on the link and maybe go to those specific websites to order the parts for their specific bike. And it, and it might be your affiliate link. Or it might be a link with that company's specific affiliate program. Um, you might have another page that showed people that that had maybe videos on how to do common bike repairs. So what you what you would do typically with a niche site with with an authority site is you would you would plan out your your site structure you know, exactly how you would lay it all out before you begin. You'd also, if you were selling your own products, you'd also have to. Think about, you know, are you going to be using PayPal as a payment processor? Are you going to be using a different merchant to do that? You would obviously want to think about the name of your domain, get the graphics all sorted out. What I think is most interesting though, Steve, is this person that was saying that took them three months to set up and shortly after was making $100 per day. What I'm most interested in is how they were getting traffic to their site. You can set up these authority sites or these niche sites, and if you've got good content on there, like you know the example I gave for example, with these videos, you know showing people how to do common bike repairs, whether they were videos or they were written content, and then you were getting backlinks as well to your site. That could be enough to give you a good page rank to to get you lots of SEO traffic. If you had a, a blog there as well as part of it, that's another excellent way to get traffic. You can blog about just any any topic to do with bike repairs really. So Steve's saying that the traffic was mainly coming from forums. So I'm assuming here, Steve, that this particular person was was active on forums, maybe answering people's questions with links, encouraging them back to with links back to his site. So, and Steve's making a comment here. So would it basically consist of a home page, a products page, and a blog page? Would you put the affiliate and physical products on the same page? Look, I think it will be different, Steve. I don't think there's a one size fits all with niche sites. It will depend on the niche you're in. It will also depend on how many products you're promoting. Like, it might be just one main product and that's it. In that case, you would, you know, you would have uh, links to it on the home page. you would have a specific review page for that product as well, um, you know, you might have an email sequence that they can opt in, they can opt in for a free gift and, and then you promote this product to them, uh, it could be a, a wide range of products, like for the bike parts, you might have links to 10, 20, hundreds of products on your site, so yeah, look, it really, really does depend on the, the niche that you're in, what I recommend, let's say you're looking to go into the bike parts niche and you want to create a site for it to sell products on it. My recommendation is to, to, to look around and see what other people that have success, successful sites in that niche already, how they have their site set up. What It's what we like to call to in the business as reverse engineering. You go to the site, you see how they've laid out their site, how they've done their home page, how how they've set up their other pages, do they have a blog on there, do, do they have an email list, yeah, and even if they don't, it's something you need to be doing anyway, and just see how they're doing it, and not just one particular site. Go to the top three or the top five sites in that niche and see how they're set up and get ideas and formulate around that, how you want to set it up. But a niche site, it needs to have, you know, basic, Pages it needs to have, obviously, if you're selling products yet, you definitely obviously need to have a home page. You need to have a page that reviews at least the products that you're selling. You need to have the, the basic page like the privacy policy, terms of use, the um, affiliate disclosure page. And if it's a, if it's a niche that is about earning money, or getting results in some way, monetary results, then you'd want to have the earnings disclaimer page as well. That's the main page you'd want to have on your niche site. Does that answer your question, Steve? Was there anything else you want to talk about with niche sites? All right, that's great. Okay, excellent. Bill was uh, saying that he was approached by someone that saw his ad on Craigslist and wrote him saying, I am... Also looking for leaders worldwide to join my team, Visionary Marketing Mastermind. Yeah, Bill, it's it's going to happen when... Look, I get approached by people all the time telling me about their latest program and how great it is. And there's always going to be someone pitching something to you, especially when they can see that you're already an incident marketer yourself. My recommendation is don't get distracted. Keep staying on the path that you're on. You know, if, you, if you're working a plan, stick to your plan until you have success with it. There, there, Yeah, there'll always be other people trying to distract you, get you to join their team and do whatever they're doing, but you know, it's really, really important. Stick to, to what you're doing, your, the plan that you have set for yourself, for your business. Steve's got a question about guest posts. A few days ago, a guy contacted steve asking if he can guest post on his blog i asked him to send me his his content and i'll put it on the blog if it is relevant to my site however when the guy sends his content how do i ensure it's not spun copy or plr besides the way it is written all right Yes. Yeah, so good question steve if you can read through it and you're happy with the way it's written i mean it doesn't have to be you know an english piece of literature but you know like a you know, pull a surprise stuff. But as long as it's it's okay to read, it's good to read, you you're happy with the content, you find that it is relevant, that's great. You know, definitely put it on your blog as long as you put it through Copyscape or just do a, you know, take some random sentences and put it through Google, see if it comes up anywhere. And if it doesn't come up anywhere, word for word, then and you're and again you're happy with the way that it's written and it sounds okay to you then it, that, that's fine. Because the only, look, the, the downside to spun copy or PLR is that it's, it, it well, with spun copy, typically it just doesn't sound right. You know, the, the way it flows, the grammar, just... With PLR, it's typically very generic stuff. You, you usually find with PLR content, there's no spice to it. It's just bland. It's just very bland, giving you just a bit of information on a topic. But it's just very boring to read, typically. There's no connection there with the person in there. So yeah, as long as you know you don't want to be publishing stuff on your blog, that's just really boring stuff, something you want to keep away from. That's why I highly encourage when you're writing stuff for your blog that you make it about you. You share your personal experiences because people want to connect with you and that's what will keep them reading and coming back to your blog. Bill's asking the question, is anyone getting results from their Kindle books? So, if anyone wants to share, if anyone is doing Kindle books and they want to share their results, that'd be great. Um, I just let you know, Bill, that I'm, you know, look, I'm very happy with the results that I, there was one particular book that I've written, No Money Down Internet Business, and I think it just struck a chord, or maybe it's the title, but it's a very popular book and I'm very happy with the results that I'm getting from it. And I, I do have plans to be publishing more, more, more and more things on Kindle. For lead generation, also for passive income. So it's something I highly encourage everyone to get into. Okay. TK has asked a good question. If you are with a really reputable multi-level marketing company, how, what do you reckon is the best way to promote it with internet marketing? Well, the, you know, there's, there's different ways you can do it, I guess, TK. What one way is if you're, if you're building a list already, which I know you are, a list in the niche of make money online or business opportunities. You can put that up in your autoresponder follow up email sequence, sending them out emails, telling them about this opportunity, sending them a link to, you know, the registration page or the product page where they can find out more and so on and more. So that's one way. Another way is you can promote it on your blog, you know, write posts about it again, have a link to the opportunity with your with your unique link to the program other ways you can do it is set up a blog or or something similar specifically for that program you could uh, let's say do you want do you have an example tk tk mentioned it's a a health program this multi level marketing one so uh, i'm with a company as well that a multi-level marketing company, and I love their product. I've been using it for years. It's a health pro- product as well. This one, the one I'm with is the product is based around drinking alkaline water. Let's say I wanted to promote this multi-level marketing opportunity. There's two ways I can go about it. I can either create a site, an e-site around the company itself. And I talk, you know, I can talk about the company and its products. I can have a URL and and a niche site around the name of the company, like my experience with whatever the company's name is. Or you can create a niche site around the product itself. And what I mean is, okay, so this in this case it was alkaline water. So I can register a name like alkalinewater.com if it's available or something similar, and I can talk about the benefits of drinking alkaline water or alkaline food in general. It doesn't even have to be water. It can be alkaline food. About I could talk about the benefits of keeping your body alkaline. And then throughout the site, I can have banners to or links to and suggest to people, hey, if this is something you feel is important and you want to achieve, here's a product that has helped me to keep my body alkaline. So again, two ways to go about it with, I find a way with multi-level marketing is you can, you can target the company name and write about the company's products or target uh, the market that the product helps and, and do it that way. So it's going back to what Steve was talking about. And, and, and TK, if, if you want more, if you find I'm not answering that question fully enough, just type in and let me know if you want to talk about that more. Steve's typing in about the, um, the guest post. He's saying from the guy's email, I can tell English is not his first language. So if the post has bra- bad grammar, should I change it? All right, good question. So someone's asked to put in a guest post. The grammar is not correct. Should should you change it? Yeah, look, I, I typically would. Um, as long as I keep the integrity of what he's trying. the person is trying to say, uh, if it's spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes, I think it's a good idea to change it. I mean, if it's not intentional, I mean, sometimes people like to to write in the way that they talk, like using slang and colloquialisms and so forth. Uh, If that's the case, that's fine, leave it. But if you you feel it's a mistake, if it's obvious that they're not trying to write in a conversational way, but they've just made a mistake, I think it's a good idea to correct that. Dave's uh, typed in something here with my new site. Should I be building a subdomain blog to it at this stage? Also, I have no inkling on how to make an RSS RSS feed work, even though I've looked at a couple of tutorials. Is there any tutorials anyone can recommend? So, what what I think you're talking about here, Dave, is when you when you ask, should you be building a subdomain blog to your site? Uh, for those listening to the call, I think pretty sure Dave's referring to his list building site. So his main site where the homepage is just a squeeze page where he's trying to you know get people to, to opt into his list offering a free offer. Dave, I always recommend that when you're setting up a blog, always register a new domain and have it on its own domain. Don't create a subdomain to another site when setting up a blog. And the reason for that is you, you want to have it separate for the SEO reasons. It, you're going to get better... Search engine rankings if you've got a blog on its own domain rather than some other site's URL like Dave site.com forward slash blog forward slash, you know, whatever you write on your blog. So I would definitely recommend you have it as two separate things. Plus the search engines don't like list building sites, sites that are dedicated straight to, to harvesting email addresses. And so it's going to hurt your SEO rankings to have a blog as a subdomain off such a site. And that's the reason why you want to set up a blog, is for the search engine rankings to get that free traffic through Google and and so forth. So definitely recommend you register a separate domain for your blog. The only extra it's going to cost you really is the cost for the domain because you can still host your separate blog with your existing web hosting company. You add it as what we call an add-on domain. So your, your existing web hosting will, will host your list building site and your blog at no extra cost. So it's the, the only extra charge is just having that, is registering a domain name. Uh, when it comes to setting up an RSS feed, as far as I know, your blog with WordPress, you already, it automatically has an RSS feed. If people go to your blog URL forward slash RSS, that is your RSS feed, and some themes WordPress themes, they will include an icon, an RSS icon that people can click on to get access to your feed. Another thing you could do is sign up for a free feed burner account and what that'll do is that'll allow people to actually subscribe to your RSS feed, meaning that whenever you post something new to your blog they will actually get an email message. They'll get an email saying, hey, Dave's posted you know, a, a new article on his blog. They'll even get the title and and the content of it. And that's a really great thing to have, a subscription to your RSS feed. Those that are interested in what you're typing in your blog, because they're getting notified by email every time you add something new, it encourages them to come and leave comments, for example, on your blog and, and creates more interaction with your blog which will only help you more and more. So, look, and if you're still struggling with that, Dave, what I've just talked about, don't hesitate to put in a support ticket on the site and we can point you in the right direction. Julie's asking the question to uh, about guest blogging. Do you allow the person to sign his name as the author to this post? Uh, yes. Yeah. What, what you typically do with a guest post, you will typically let people know that who the author is of the post, as well as give them a back link to their site as well. Okay, TK is asking the um, what's the name of the the program RSS program um, feed burner. I believe it's owned by Google now, and I'm just typing it in now. It's just one word feed burner. F W E D B U R N E R. I'll give you an example. So on my blog at uh, johnlagardakis.com, you'll see. On the sidebar on the right I'll have an opt-in for um to get people onto my list like I offer a free report. But a bit further down there's another opt-in where people can subscribe to be notified about new blog posts and that's the RSS feed subscription. Okay, anything else anyone would like to talk about today? I mean we had some really good topics and I hope I hope everyone's getting a lot out of the call today. Is there any other Things I would like to talk about before we close up today's call. And while you're all thinking about that, I hope I hope everyone here has written down their goals for 2014. I hope you've all got specific goals for all areas of your life, not just for your online business, but for your health, for your relationships, for um, your education, for all those important areas of your life. I hope you've all written down specific things that you want to have achieved throughout the year. It doesn't have to it look it doesn't have to be anything over the moon. It could just be little things. Um as long as we, you know we're moving forward. And once you've written your goals, I hope you've also written sp- specific things that you're going to be doing to achieve your goals. It could be things that you you plan to do um once a week or it could be daily things that you're doing. And and write that down and, and and I highly encourage you as well to look over it every single day, every morning. You should be looking over your goals and, and the specific things you said you're gonna do. That makes a big difference. Julie's made a suggestion. Write three pages of things you want to achieve in your life, no matter how small or large, you'll be surprised at how things turn out. And I think that's very true. It's just writing down I mean, a lot of us, we dream about things that we'd like, but if you take the time and and, the, and make the effort to just simply write down things that you want to achieve, you'd be very surprised at how much of that comes true. There's just something about writing it down, apparently. It's taking it from your mind to, to making, it's making it more physical by writing it down. All right, again, yeah, look, I uh, really appreciate everyone being on the call, comments that you've made, the questions that you've asked. Uh, if there's anything at all you need help with during the week, don't hesitate, hesitate to put in a support ticket. I'm always ha- happy to, to help out. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you on the call next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this audio program. For more online success strategies, visit John.com.